0: Hey, what's up everybody? This is Pastor David with We Are Church. I wanna thank you for taking the time to tune into this podcast. Here at We Are Church, our mission is to be a place where people come to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. One of the ways that we do that is through the reading and teaching of the word of God. So I pray that this challenges you to take your faith to the next level and that you find freedom in every area that you are seeking. Enjoy the message. What's up church family, Pastor David here. Hey, I want to thank each and every one of you who are watching right now on the live feed or listening to the podcast. Thank you for tuning in. This week, as you can see, we are not in our normal building where we have been recording or even meeting together. We're here at Life Church. So we just want to uh, uh, say thank you to Life Church for opening their house for us to come in here and, and and record our live stream so that we can continue to spread the gospel. So, man, we're super thankful for their leadership and for them opening their doors to us and saying, hey, man, we're about the kingdom of God. And uh, man, we're just super grateful for that. So I know we've entered into a new year. Last week we talked about some of the things that we're going to stay committed in in the year 2021 and and things that we're going to aim towards and I know uh many of y'all uh watching the screen even including myself some of the things I set out to do I haven't been perfect at or or might have failed at some of these resolutions, right? Um and man, let's just let's just be honest. 2020 was a chaotic year. Um, even the past couple of weeks, they've been they've been super chaotic, right? But can I encourage you today um, to remind yourself, just remind yourself that if God was on the throne in 2020, that means he's still on the throne right now, right? So that means regardless of what is going on around us right now, we put our faith and our hope and our trust in God. We don't put it in government. We don't put it in anything else right there. We know that the hope. Our hope is is in God and in Jesus Christ, understanding that, that if God is on the throne, he will not allow any us to go through anything that he is not in control of, right? Amen. And so look, normally I would start off with uh vision casting for a for new year, like really talking about hey, where we're we gonna go as a church and 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 really dig deep into a sermon series that would go with the vision for 2021. But I, I want to wait to do that because we are so close to getting into the building and, and being able to gather in person. And so, as I cast vision for 2021, I want us to be in person together. Um, so, this is what we're gonna do over the next couple of weeks. We're gonna jump into a new series titled called "Right," and I want to talk about three things—a a three-part series talking about three things that every single believer is called to do. Right, and. I know many of us were like, man, but I don't I don't know what I'm called to do. We walk around and we just don't understand God. I don't I don't understand what I'm called to do. That we look at other people who are on the stage and on platforms and we're like, man, that person's got it all figured out. They they know exactly what they're called to do, but I just don't know what I'm called to do. But can I tell you that I didn't automatically know that I was called to pastor a church? But there were certain things that were placed in front of me that I knew that I was called to do as a believer that ultimately led to God revealing what I was called to do, right? We're all called to do certain things, but it was following those small things that us that, that we as believers are called to do that ultimately led to God revealing my, my purpose as pastor to pastor a church. And so we're going to talk about three things uh, that every believer is called to do. So this is the first one of those. Let me pray real quick before we jump in to this message. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you, God, for each and everything that you have done for every single one of us. God, I pray for every person listening to this or watching this, God. I pray that you give us eyes to see, God, and ears to hear what you want to say and what you what you want to show us, God. God, I pray that this would be a pivotal moment in our lives, God, that as we listen to your word preach, God, that it would be active, God. And I just... Pray, God, that you would revive us tonight, that you would strengthen us, God, that you would encourage us, God, and that you would give us the boldness to step into whatever you are calling us to step into, God. We give you this service. We give you this message. We give you all the honor, all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. So what I want to do is I want to talk about a story that I read early this week that really encouraged me. And so there's this story about a homeless man named Max Melitzer. And Max was a good man. He wasn't always homeless. And, and, and Max uh, had just been through some really tragic situations in his life. And so before Max became homeless, he had a great job. He had a beautiful wife. He had great friends. And he just was, was, was just living the American dream. One day as Max was driving back from an event, he found himself in a really tragic car accident. And although he walked away from the car accident, his wife passed away, and his two best friends passed away in that car accident. Max walked away paralyzed emotionally, spiritually, mentally. He couldn't shake the guilt and the shame that he felt. He felt responsible for the death of his wife and the death of his friends. And eventually, Max couldn't even get up anymore and go to work, so he lost his job. After he lost his job, he couldn't. He couldn't couldn't pay his bills, so he eventually lost his apartment and he found himself on the streets going from homeless shelter to homeless shelter and ultimately really traveling all across the world uh, aimlessly, homeless and broken. 23 years passed since the day that Max had that car accident and He was walking through the park one day after getting beat up and jumped by a couple other homeless men. They took his his jacket. They took his watch. They pretty much stripped him of the last stuff that he had except for this grocery cart that he was pushing that had some soda cans in it. And as Max is walking through the park with this grocery cart, he hears somebody call his name. Max looked up and he seen this man in a business suit approaching him and he was confused. He looked at him confused like, man, why is this man approaching me and how... Does he know my name? And this man pulls out a, a, a cell phone and he hands the phone to Max and he says, somebody's on the phone and they want to talk to you. So Max takes the phone and he puts the phone up to his ear and says hello. From the other side of the phone, Max heard the voice voices of relatives that he hadn't heard from in 20 something years. See, Max had a brother who lived in New York who had been searching for him for 20 years. Max's brother got diagnosed with stage four cancer and on his deathbed, his dying wishes were that his brother would be found and that he would inherit everything that was promised, that he would inherit everything else that he had. So he hired a private investigator while he was on his deathbed and the private investigator set out to find Max. And that's where he found him after traveling, state after state, Um, homeless shelter after homeless shelter, he eventually went to one who the people there knew Max and knew where he was and it ultimately led to him finding Max. So from the phone, some of his aunts were telling him, Max, hey, your, your, your brother passed away of cancer. But as he was dying, his dying wishes were that you would be found. Max, he left you, he left you everything. Max, we, we want you to come home. You have a house. It's all yours. You have lots of money, Max. Everything you need is here. Like your brother left it all to you, Max. He's been searching. He never gave up searching for you and, and just, just told Max how loved he was and how missed he was. And, and Max, you, you don't have to struggle anymore. Everything you need is, is here, right? See, Max received a phone call the day he received a call that would change his life forever. And it changed his life forever. I want to talk to you today about a call that will change your life forever. See like Max, many of us were were walking around guilt and shame resentments some of the things that that we we just can't get past the the hand that we were dealt in life, right? And and like Max, no no nobody wakes up. Max didn't wake up one day and decide that he wanted to throw his life away right he didn't wake up one day and say man i'm i just want to i want to stop paying my rent i want to stop going to work and i want to in, in 4 weeks i want to end up on the streets and then i'm going to just go across the whole country sleeping in, in homeless shelter the homeless that wasn't max's dream that he didn't wake up one day and decide to do that i didn't wake up one day and decide that i wanted to become a drug addict or put a needle in my arm or end up incarcerated or end up in the system the the, the woman on the streets the girl the prostitute she didn't wake up one day and decide hey today i just, i want i want to go and sell my body like I want to find my worth in me. No, nobody wakes up one day and decides that they want to become these things. But can I tell you that apart from Christ, we become products of tragedy. Let me say that again, apart from Christ, we become products of tragedy. All through the New Testament, we see Jesus stating that apart from him, we're not, we're not even living, but that we're actually dead, right? And we see him offering life, time and time again. And he said, "Man, I'm 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 actually the source of life that that you're you're walking around, you're you're existing, but you're not even living. You're actually you're actually dead. That your spirit inside of you is is dead. You're not even living." We see it in the story of the woman at the well, right? Jesus walks up to her and and it says, he sat wearily beside the well, and the Samaritan woman came up and he said, "Hey." Can you give me a drink of water? And the Samaritan woman looked at him, dumbfounded. It's like, why are you, why are you asking me for a drink? I'm, I'm a Samaritan woman and you're a Jew. And Jesus said, if, if you knew who you were speaking to and if you knew the gift God had for you, then you would ask me for a drink and I would give you living water. Jesus goes on in this conversation and reveals the thing that has been keeping her stuck in her guilt and shame and has her at the well at this time of the day when no other women go to the well and and he reveals to her he says go and get your husband she said i don't i don't have a husband he said you're right you've had five husbands in fact the, the man that you're living with now you're not even married to so jesus says you you see you're 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 thirsty and you're trying to to to, to quench that thirst in in men And in sex and in relationships and all you're getting back in return is guilt and shame to the point that you can't even come to the well at the same time the other women come. And Jesus says, what you're you're really thirsting for is me. He said, if you ask me for a drink. He said, the gift God has for you, if you would ask me for it, I would give you a drink living water, and you would never thirst again. We see it again in the story of, of Jesus feeding the multitude with, with two fish and, and five loaves of bread. Feeding thousands and thousands of people and, 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 and he feeds all of these people and he's got thousands of people gathered around him and, and, and begins to, to argue with some people in the crowd. And Jesus said, man, they, they start telling Jesus, well, show us a sign. Show us that you're the Messiah. Perform another miracle. Right. He said, Moses gave us manna from heaven. And Jesus starts arguing Moses didn't Moses didn't give you manna from heaven. My father did. He said, man, manna is here today and is gone tomorrow. But he said, man, but I am the, the bread of life. He said, I'm, I'm actually what you're, what you're hungry for. I am the source of life, the life that will never run out, right? That I'm, 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 the, I'm the bread of life. And he goes on again to, to, to say, I'm, I'm the light of the world, right? That I'm the light of the world. If you, if you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to what? Life. So I'm the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't. You won't have to walk in darkness anymore because you will have the light that leads to life, and we see him saying that, that, that he's, he's the true vine, right? That I'm the vine, you're the branches. That if you, if you abide in me, you can bear much fruit. But he said, apart from me, you can't do anything, right? What is he saying? He said, he said if, if we sever ourselves from the vine, the actual source of life, then we're unable to, to bear fruit. He goes as far as to say, then if, you, if, if you're not connected to the vine, then you'll eventually wither and you will die. He so, I'm, I'm I'm the source of life. I'm the only thing that can, can literally push life into you. He says, I'm the true shepherd. He said, the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. Or well, the thief came only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I came that they may have what? Life and life more abundantly. And here, over and over and over again, we see Jesus offering life to all men. And saying, hey, you're, what, you're, what you're thirsty for is me. What you're Hungry for is me. You're walking in darkness, but I had the light that leads to life. Hey, I'm, I'm the true shepherd. I'm not gonna run when when the wolf comes. He said to me, no, 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 no. The, the enemy comes to steal, kill, destroy. But I I came so that you can have life. Let me let me guide you. Let me lead you right. The true vine. Don't remain in me. Abide in me. Don't don't remove yourself from me. And I will just I'll be the source of life and push everything that you need into. It, and you will inevitably bear fruit. And it's this message of life that captured the hearts of his disciples. It's the same life that moved Peter from being stuck in the shame and guilt because he denied Jesus into a a, a bold man of God who was willing to put his life on the line and ultimately be hung on a cross upside down. The disciples understood that true life came from Jesus and from him alone sad reality is, though, most people don't care about life until they know they are dying. Most people don't care about life until they know they're dying. Many of you know my father passed away a few weeks ago. And can I tell you that towards the end of my dad's life, as he knew he was getting closer to his time of death, he began to cherish life more. He began to regret all of the time that he spent in this world and, 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 and not caring about his life as he realized hey, some of the decisions and the choice I made have taken a toll on my body and my life is, 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 is running out and I'm dying. He started to actually care about life, but it wasn't until he realized he was dying that he began to care about life. There's a story in the Gospel of John about a man named Lazarus. We don't really know how Lazarus got sick or what it was that caused him to be sick, but but, but but we know that Lazarus had fallen ill and his sister sent for Jesus. And they said, Jesus, we need you to come here. Lazarus is sick, he's, he's gotten ill and we really need you to come here. And the Bible says that although Jesus loved Lazarus, the Bible specifically says, although Jesus loved Lazarus, he waited two more days in the city that he was at. Lazarus, while waiting for Jesus, ends up dying. Jesus, knowing all things, even where he was, he looks at his disciples and he says, hey, it's time for us to get going. Lazarus has fallen asleep, but we must go and wake him up. And his disciples look at him and they say, well, Lord, if he's fallen asleep, then that means he's gonna get better, right? That as you sleep, the body heals. And Jesus said, no, you you don't understand. Lazarus is dead. And he said, "And, and I'm glad for your sake. He said, for your sakes, I'm glad because now you will truly believe. And they head over to the house of Mary and Martha and Lazarus. And we'll pick up there in the gospel of John chapter 11, verses 17 through 25. Verse 17 says, when Jesus arrived at Bethany, he he was told that Lazarus had already been in his grave for four days. Bethany was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem and many of the people had come to console Martha and Mary in their loss. When Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, but Mary stayed in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha said, he will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. If anyone who believes in me will live even after dying, everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this, Martha? And so here we see uh, Martha running up to Jesus saying, Lord, if you, if you would have been here, my brother would have never died. Lord, you, you could have prevented this, but even now I know God will give you whatever you ask. And Jesus said, hey, yeah, Lazarus will rise again. She says, I know he'll rise on the last day when everybody else rises. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. Now, not, there is a resurrection that is gonna take place on the last day, but I'm talking about a different resurrection. He said, I am the resurrection and the life and whoever believes in me, right? Whoever believes in me will live. And he says, even after dying. So I mean, there's a different resurrection that's gonna take place right now. What is Jesus saying when he's saying, I am the resurrection and the life? Jesus said, I mean, if, if you believe in me, that I, you will be a, a, awakened. So I wanna title this message today, A Call to Awaken a call to awaken, to awaken. And I want to talk about three things we're awakened to in Christ. And the first one is we're awakened to reality, awakened to reality. Let me explain what I what I mean by that. See, all, all through your Bible, we see terms that are used to describe people who live apart from God. And we've already talked about a few of them, right? But the Bible uses terms like such as lost, that we are lost sheep, right? Without a shepherd and we need to be what found, that we're aimlessly moving around. We have no direction, no guidance, that we're out here lost and we really need to be found by God, right? Then we see terms that say, he uses terms such as we're asleep, they were not even awake. Remember, he said, Lazarus has fallen asleep, but sleep, but we must go and wake him up. That we, we, we might actually be waking up in the natural realm, but in the spiritual realm, we are asleep. Going through every day, we go about our everyday business and, and do the same thing. We wake up, we brush our teeth. We well, some of y'all might not brush your teeth, but we wake up, we brush our teeth, we eat breakfast, we go to work, and, and we do the same thing and same routine every single day. And we're just going through the motion. And Jesus I mean, you're not even awake. Like you're you're not even you're you're not even awake. You're you're asleep. That like there's something inside of you that needs to be awakened so that you can actually begin to live for the first time in your life. We see terms, again, another term he said, that that we're blind, right? That that we're just, we're, we're blind. That we're unable to see reality or the truth for what it is. Isaiah chapter 44, verse 18 says, they know nothing, they understand nothing. Their eyes are plastered over so they cannot see and their minds closed So they cannot understand. They know nothing. They understand nothing. Their eyes are plastered over, so they cannot see. So in other words, we're blind and our minds are closed, so we cannot understand. In other words, we cannot see uh, the things of God. We can't hear the things of God. We can't understand the things of God. And we can't know the things of God unless we are awakened to a new birth that can only come from Christ. And one of the first things I realized when I got saved is that I finally had the ability to see life for what it was, right? That I was I was awakened to see reality, see life for what it was. Jesus says, if, if you follow me and, and, and obey my my teachings, then you shall know the truth. And that word truth can be translated reality and the truth will set you free. So what he's saying, if, if you follow me and obey my teachings and you will know reality and reality will set you free. And for the first time in my life, I had the ability to see what the world, what, what the world looked like around me and be able to see reality for what it was. I want to talk about a few of the realities that I was awakened to in, 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 in my walk with God when I first came to believe. And first I was awakened to the reality of my sinful nature and my need for him. I mean, I was Immediately, like I experienced this, this regeneration, right? This, this, this new birth, and I was, I was awakened, but at the same time, I had the ability to finally see myself for how sinful I really was. I mean, I, I got saved and I got delivered from drugs but I had all this lust I had anger I had resentment I had so much greed I had so much pride and I was I, I just I, I, I seen how far I still had to go but at the same time I, I recognized my need for a savior right that I was awakened that, that in this flesh I'm a I'm a sinful man and man and I and I need a savior second I was open to the my 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 eyes were open to the reality of of the brokenness of this world. And I talked a little bit about this, but I was painfully aware of how broken this world really is, right? That we look at this perfect creation, right? That God took, he he created the world and everything is perfect. And he made us in in the image of God, but we look around and all that we see is, is death and destruction. But hey, I didn't recognize death for what it was and destruction for what it was until my eyes were open to the brokenness. So as I got saved and I got, Set free from drugs, and I began to change, and God began to transform my mind. The things that I used to do, that my family and friends were doing, no longer looked the same to me. But in our reality, it broke my heart to see my family members, members wrestle with the same things that I was finally free from. No longer glorified the drug life or sex or money or greed, like all those things. And I didn't glorify those things anymore. Broke my heart to see this world broken. Third, I was open, my eyes were open to the reality of how God, how good God is. For the first time in my life, I was able to see God's hand on my life right? Like I could see him in, in in my every move. I could see him constantly, constantly working things. I, I could see the favor of God everywhere. I seen how he was with me from, from start to, to to finish. I could see how that, uh, even though I was in situations where I should have been dead, God had kept me alive and he had kept me for this for, 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 for this moment right here. For the first time in my life, I had the ability to actually know and understand that God had good plans for me. I mean, I was convinced, it, convinced of it. I mean, his his love was overwhelmingly tangible. I mean, have you, have you ever been there? Have you ever, ever been that, in that place where you finally experienced God for the first time in your life? I mean, you, you truly surrendered your heart to him. Like you, you could tangibly notice the love of God and understand that he is for you, right? Like everything that you had worried about or had fear about just disappears in the presence of God. It just melts off of you. fear and anxiety. Depression, it, it it melts off of you and you just know that you're going to be okay, right? Like that's where I was. Like I just understood for the first time in my life that my God is a good God and he has good plans for me. Maybe you need to get back to that. Maybe you need to revisit that time. Maybe you forgot just how much God has already brought you through, right? Maybe you need to go back to that first love and, and actually meditate on, on the goodness of god and how he has kept you this long and if he kept you in 2020 and 2019 and 2018 and 2017 and 2016 if he kept you if you're watching this right now then you need to you need to remind yourself that god is still good he's always loved you and he's always taken care of you fourth my eyes were open to the reality of of possibilities and what i mean by that i mean before Christ, like I never ever seen a way out of the life that I was living. I never had the ability to see myself getting free from drugs never could see myself becoming the father that, that, that God created me to be. I couldn't see myself keeping a full-time job. I couldn't see myself breaking free from from robbing and stealing and gangbanging and all of the things that I was trapped in. I could not see myself doing anything great because I, I, I believed wholeheartedly that I was born into dysfunction. And since I, was, since I was born into dysfunction, that was the path that was paved before me. And I was gonna run that path as fast as I could and go as hard as I can. Seen all the obstacles and the odds that were set up against me, and so why even try? I was born to be a criminal. That's what I believed. I was born to be a criminal, right? But for the first time in my life, I seen a way out. I seen that I could overcome drugs. I overcame drugs. I seen that I could I could become a good father, I became a good father. I seen that I could raise two little girls while I was single before I ever got married. So I raised two little girls while I was single. I seen myself doing, being in ministry. So I began to, 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 to get active in ministry. I seen myself doing these things. My eyes were open to possibilities for the first time in my life. My eyes were open to reality that, that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, Right? My second my second major point is I was awakened to power. I was awakened to power, and I can name a whole list of things that I had power in or over for the first time in my life, but I believe most of those things stem from this one thing. For the first time in my life, I was awakened to the power to choose. I finally had the power to choose had the power to choose right from wrong. If I could define what this was, this was the conviction of God, right? This wasn't condemnation, but it was conviction. If I could define what, what, what it was like, I had the enabling power of God to choose between right or wrong, good or bad, life or death. Paul talks about this in the book of Romans. Romans chapter eight, verses nine through 11 says, but you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the spirit if you have the spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to him at all. And Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of the sin, because of sin, the spirit, the spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. The spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And so Paul talks about this, right? That look before Christ, I didn't have the ability to choose. I didn't have the power to choose right from wrong, right? Because I was controlled by my sinful nature. Paul says, but you're not controlled by your sinful nature. You're controlled by the spirit. If you have the spirit of God living in you, look what he said. And remember those that do not have the spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to him at all. And so in other words, if you don't have the spirit of God living inside you, then you don't have the power to choose right he said, no, 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 you'll you, you be controlled by your sinful nature. He said, but but you, you you who know Christ, you're not controlled by your sinful nature. He said, Christ lives within you, so even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you what? Life. Because you have been made right with God. He said, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Paul saying, man, look, you're not controlled by your sinful nature anymore. He said, do you, not, do you not understand that the spirit of God dwells within you? That Christ lives in you. He said, you're not controlled by your sinful nature because the spirit gives you life. And then he says, the spirit of God who raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in you. Like how many of you actually are convinced of that and, and actually understand that? I don't have to be controlled by sin and by lust and by greed and by all of these different things, by anger. I don't have to be controlled by these things that I have the power to choose right from wrong because the spirit of God dwells within me that Christ himself, the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives within you. He's saying, man, you have resurrection power living within you. You have the power to choose. Now I thought about listing some other things that I had power in for the first time listing things like perseverance, endurance, forgiveness, like all of, all of these different things. But, but the reality is, is that every single one of them fall back on choices, right? That I can't have the power to endure unless I choose to endure. Instead of going back to the things that I once destroyed my life with, that if, if I'm gonna endure some hard, difficult circumstances instead of doing what I used to do in the flesh, give up and go back to the things that actually destroy my life, I have to choose to endure. And if I don't have the power to choose going to do what I inevitably don't want to do, right? It's kind of what Paul talks about. Also, the power to endure, like, yeah, I finally had the power to endure for the first time, but it boils back down to to a choice that I can't, I got to choose to endure rather than give up, right? I had the power to forgive somebody, yeah, but I got to choose to forgive rather than be bitter. If I don't have the power to choose, then I'll always fall back on choices, that ultimately destroy my life. I can't walk in any of these things that please God unless I have the power to choose. My third main point is we are awakened to purpose and I'm about to wrap this up. Awakened to purpose, I could preach on this all night long but for the sake of how long I've already been preaching and for the sake of the third sermon that's gonna be in these series, I'm gonna keep it very simple. God wastes nothing. God wastes nothing. Romans chapter eight, verse 28 says, God causes all things to work together for the good of those who love God and are what called according to his purposes. Can I tell you that's the greatest realization I ever had in my life, that God causes all things to work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes. That means whatever struggle comes at me, Whatever trial, whatever tribulation comes at me, God would use that situation together, work it all together for my good why because I love him and because I'm called according to his purposes. What also does that mean? That means that no matter how bad your past is, no matter what kind of mistakes that you make, God will cause it to work together for your good. So when I realized that even though I was a drug addict and I had destroyed my life, that I failed my kids, that I completely threw my life away, right? Like I said, it's okay. You don't have to carry that guilt and that shame because because I I can use it. I don't know where you're at today right now, whether you're on the screen or whether you're you're listening to this podcast. I don't know where you're at right now and and what things you're holding on to or what you're actually facing. Maybe maybe you're in the storm of your life that you've never, you you just don't think that you're going to be able to to get through. Maybe somebody walked out of your life and left you. Maybe you've been betrayed by one of your friends and they robbed and they stole from you. Or maybe, maybe, maybe like me, you've been, you've done some things in your life that you're ashamed of. You've had your kids taken away from you. You, you were a drug addict. You've been to jail. You, you, whatever. Maybe, maybe you've sold your body. Maybe you've done things that you just can't forgive yourself for. And God said, man, I can, but I can use that. How can, how can God use that? Because if you can relate to the people, you can reach the people. If you can relate to the people, you can reach the people. God said, Man, quit holding on to the guilt and shame of that. Let me let me heal you from that. Let me heal that hurt inside of you. Let's deal with those root issues. Let me let me change you. Let me do a work in you. Because once the people see that I that I got you through that, then hope will rise in them. They'll believe that I can get them through that Roman Revelation chapter 12. Verse 11 says, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives even unto death. See that how, David, how do I, how how do I be an overcomer? How can I overcome some things in my life? First and foremost, by the blood of the lamb, the sanctifying, cleansing blood of Jesus. Second, by the word of your testimony. That word testimony can be translated evidence. The word of the the testimony, evidence that God did it for you, that if God can do it for you, he can do it for somebody else. And watch this, and they did not love their lives even unto death, meaning their lives were not theirs. Whatever persecution they had to go through, they went through it. They didn't love their lives even unto death. Poured their lives out as a sacrifice. Galatians chapter one, verses 15 through 16 says, But even before I was born, God chose me and called me by his marvelous grace. Then it pleased him to reveal his son to me so that I would proclaim the good news about Jesus to the Gentiles. And this is Paul few verses before that, Paul is talking about how he violently persecuted Christians. He said, man, I violently persecuted Christians. I mean, I I murdered Christians. I was set out on a mission to completely destroy everything that God was, was trying to do, right? That if anybody should be disqualified from the gospel or being used by God, it's me. So if anybody should be disqualified, it's me. I violently persecuted and murdered Christians. And he says, watch this. Watch what he says, though. He said, but even before I was born, God chose me and called me by his what marvelous grace. What did he do? He called me. But even before I was born, I should be disqualified. He said, but before I was even born, before I was ever thought of, God already chose me and called me. That should give some of you hope today. Right? That if God can Forgive somebody like Paul if God can forgive somebody like me, if God can forgive somebody like Paul and me, if he can forgive any of us, that that, that God can forgive you, right? Paul says, God chose me and called me. He said, I I received a call that changed my life forever. I was awakened to a life that I never could have dreamed of. Then watch what he says then it pleased him to reveal his son to me so that I would pro- proclaim the good news about Jesus to the Gentiles. He said not only did he did he call me, did he choose me? did he save me? He said, i, I murdered Christians but yet it pleased God to reveal his son to me. Why so that I would pro- proclaim the good news, Jesus to everyone. Can I say to you today that if if it, if it please God to reveal his son to a sinner like Paul, if it please God to reveal his son to a sinner like me, it will please God to reveal his son to you. So I don't know where you're at right now, been asking over the past couple of weeks, where are you really at? How are you really doing? Maybe you're watching this for the first time or listening to this for the first time. You said, man, David, I don't, I don't know Jesus. I keep hearing about this Jesus, and, and, and I've been watching you, I've been following you. I see what God has done for you. And, and, and man, I think I really want to give this a shot. I think I really want to invite Jesus. Matter of fact, I know that today is, is, is a day that I get right with God. Today is a day that I start over. Maybe you're watching you say, man, I want to give my life to Jesus. I need to be a, a, awakened. I need this resurrection power living inside of me. I need this new birth, this regeneration that you're talking about, David. I, I need this in my life. I'm, I'm, I'm thirsty, and I, and I know Jesus is what I, what I need to drink of. And maybe that's you today. I want to extend an invitation for you to give your life to him right where you are. Simply put, all you have to do is believe that he died on the cross for you for the forgiveness of of your sins, that he was resurrected on the third day so that you could rise. So you just got to believe it. You got to accept him into your heart. You got to say, Jesus, I believe you died for me. Wherever you're at, you can say that right now. Just Jesus, I I give you my life today. I believe you died for me on the cross. I give you my life. Change me from the inside out. Just like that. The Bible says he will take the heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. means a tender and responsive heart. You'll be tender to the voice of God and to the touch of God and a responsive heart that you be awakened. Regeneration, new birth. Maybe you're watching this. You said, David, I, I, I know Jesus. I know Jesus, but I've, I've backslid. I've turned my back on Jesus. I need to get back right again with Jesus. David, I just don't think he'll accept me again. Can I tell you that, that, that if, if, if you're listening to this right now, God doesn't love you any more, any less right now in this moment. He will never love you any more, any less than he does right now in this moment. He's not angry at you. He is not mad at you. He has been actively pursuing you. He is calling you back to him right now. So can I challenge you too? if you you already know Jesus, can you just say, man, this this is a day, Jesus, I, I start over with you. I give you my life again. Just give it to him. Surrender to him and ask him. God, my heart is... It's hard and it's callous because I've rejected you. I've been rejecting your voice for, for so long. But, but God, can you can you take this heart of stone again? Can you give me a new birth? Can you cleanse me again? Can you give me a tender and responsive heart? Can you can you awaken me? Can you wake me up again? Jesus, I just want to live for you. Right there where you are, I challenge you. Get right with God today. Let's bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you, God, for for this day. God, I pray for each and every person on on the screen today, God, or every person listening to the podcast. God, I pray for your peace to just overcome them right now in Jesus' name. I bind and rebuke all depression and all anxiety right now in Jesus' mighty name. I command it to leave right now in Jesus' name. Command a spirit of free to break off of it, spirit of fear to break off of every one of them right now in Jesus name God I pray that you wake your church up God that we would be awakened to the things that truly matter to you God that we would put down our banners and our flags and our religion and we would pick up our relationship with you and the mission that you have given us and we will chase after the lost and the broken God we don't want to be shepherds that ain't out here doing what you've called us to do God I pray that you wake us up God and I pray for revival all across Nashville, Tennessee, and the state of Tennessee as a whole. I pray for this nation, God. I pray for the leaders, God, that you've placed over this nation. God, I know a lot of us, we would have rejected Paul. In our reality, the church today probably would have rejected Paul, God, who persecuted violently Christians, but yet it, re- it pleased you to reveal your son, to the people who are opposed to your gospel. So God, I pray that you would reveal yourself to the people in the the leadership of this nation who are opposed to you, who are violently uh, persecuting your church. God, I I pray right now, God, that you would reveal yourself to them. God, that you would give us the hearts to accept them when they do. And I thank you, God, for the revival that's taking place in this nation. And I thank you for what you're doing for each and every one of us. We give you all the honor, all the glory, and all the praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Church, hey, if if you're on the screen right now or if you're listening on the podcast and you made that decision today, you said, man, David, today I gave my life to Jesus. What do I do next? If that's you, if you gave your life to Jesus for the first time or you just rededicated your life, um, will you do me a favor? If you're on the live feed, will you comment and just put, I did it, and one of our team will reach out to you. I would love to meet up with you. I'd love to take you out to lunch. I'd love to just, 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 just help you in any kind of way. If you're not in Nashville, maybe I can link you up with a pastor who is in your city and get you connected to the body of Christ so that you don't have to walk this out by yourself. Um, also, if, if, if you're listening to the podcast and you can't comment on the screen, and maybe you are on the screen, but another way for you to contact us, you can reach us by email. Our email is info at weareministries.com, info at weareministries.com. And hey, shoot me an email. I would love to reach out to you again. I, I want to make sure that you ain't doing this by yourself. There is a body of believers, a family in Christ that is willing to walk this out with you, man. I love you. I'm praying for each and every one of y'all and we will keep you updated on all the change. Keep praying, church. Keep believing. Keep the faith. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you want to learn more about We Are Church, connect with We Are Church, or feel led to sow into We Are Church, we want to provide the means to do so. You can give online at weareministries.com and you can also reach us on all social media platforms at We Are Church Nashville. God bless you and have a great week.